0: Welcome to Wacom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at wacomnewlifeassembly.org.
1: We have a uh, we've been talking about uh, in a series called "Don't Pray Your Way to Poverty," and, and the very heart of this is that, that if you if you come to God and you think you're impoverished, you start to beg and demand and, and kick and scream, and that's not, that's not prayer at all, because you're coming to God and believing that he lacks, and you don't truly believe that. Last week we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. We, we discussed that we believe that the best and the only true prayers are those done in and by and through the Holy Spirit. So how, do I, how can I test my prayer life And see if it matches up, if it's spirit-led. Well, I've been given a very detailed list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And if my prayers are matching into those, okay, that's a spirit-led prayer. If not, I should change and tune the dial. Today, I want to talk about fervent prayer. You gotta love the word fervent. All right. Uh, To help us out here, I thought I would play this video. I've shown it before, but it will help us understand how to pray appropriately. Go ahead. Joel Carpenter is a new Christian, so to help him pray, we've hired that super pastor guy you see on TV. God,
2: please help my marriage. We're just really struggling right now.
1: Oh, Heavenly
2: Father, he who has created all things makes the sun and moon rise at his command. I beseech you, take this woman that you've given to me as a helpmate and bring her to her senses that we might abide together forever in a purpose-driven marriage. God, I'm really frustrated at work. Help me find a new job. I ask you now, in this area of employment, thee who gives me the sustenance in an employer fashion, please guide me to something, if it be your will, that would bring you glory. My kids are driving me crazy. I I don't know what to do. You just help me out. You have blessed me also with many young saplings. And I ask at this day that you would help me and my helpmate to raise them in the way of your word. <laughs> Amen, God. And now I end this time with you, Lord, bowing before you, giving you all that you deserve in sacrifice and in sacrament. Let it be known that the Alpha Omega is pleased. Amen. Amen.
1: God, go. Real people, real prayers. There you go. We're going to actually turn to the Word now. So, Father, as we come to your Word, we invite you to change the way we think, change our our high and lofty opinions, and may they bow only to the Word of God. Father, we rely on you, and we declare that you are God, and we are man, and so we need to be transformed. In, in the, into your image, Father. And so we, we receive your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. We're talking about fervent prayer. And, and that's kind of a funny example that we, this is how we feel fervent prayer really looks. It needs a background music and it needs flowery words. And I change my voice all of a sudden. Oh, Lord. Right? Okay. But let's find out what fervent prayer really is. James, we find fervent prayer in James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. And this is great. I just love the book of James. It says this, Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. I love everything about this verse. (laughs) Yes, yes and amen to the word of God, right? But I do want to just hone in and focus in on that one line right now. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay? It's really important to understand what fervent is because throughout the generations, we've interpreted fervent differently. Some of us think fervent is, oh God, and unless I'm sweating, screaming, yelling, angry, sad, happy, something aligns in my, in my emotions and all those things, and, and the scale of my voice and the, and, the, and the words I use, all of those things line up. That's when fervent prayer really happens, when the sun has hit just right, right? Oh, it's perfect. I feel it today. I feel the fervency. Oh, praise the Lord. Now is the time to, oh, God. This is not, those things aren't bad, okay? You can pray You can pray with all of those things. Sweat, cry, whatever you want. Do those things. They're good. But that doesn't mean you're praying fervently. Amen. That means you might be praying emotionally. And, and, and again, you can pray all of these ways. You can use flowery words. You can use, plain English. You could use whatever you can, we talked last week, you can groan. And these things can be spirit-led, fervent prayers. So I'm not, not, I'm not trying to knock today passionate prayer. I love to pray passionately, all right? But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a fervent prayer. And if I just pray a, a, a calm, regular prayer, that doesn't mean I'm not praying fervently either. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That word fervent in the Greek is energeo, and it just simply means to be operative, to work. That's all it means. It doesn't have any emotion tied to it. It's saying the, 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 the operating prayer, the prayer that works, that's all it's saying. No implication of volume or passion. Essentially what it's saying that is this. The prayer that actually works is the prayer of a righteous person. That's the, that's the essence of what the, what the scripture is telling us. The prayer that works is the prayer of a righteous man. I like how the NIV translates it. It simply says this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Plain and simple. Yeah. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. What kind of prayer works? Any prayer that a righteous person prays. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly. And you have to look what this word means, too. I looked it up this morning. The word earnestly there just simply means he prayed to God. A prayer, it literally means a prayer addressed to God. If you The Young's Literal Translation takes the original word and just translates things literally. And it says, it says this, with prayer he did pray. Elijah was a man just like us, and with prayer, he did pray. Because the truth of the matter is, unless my prayer is addressed to God, it's not a prayer at all. So it's like Elijah addressed his prayer to God. He was just like us. He addressed his prayer to God. And that's why it was powerful and effective. Okay. Okay. So if we get caught up in that, it has to be this emotional. I gotta whip myself. I gotta cry. I gotta scratch the walls. I gotta bark like a whatever it is that it is. All of these things, we we're we're missing the point. We're trying to fabricate something that doesn't necessarily equate to fervent prayer. Fervent prayer, a prayer that actually works, is simply one that's a righteous person's prayer. And in fact, when he, specifically, we're using the example of Elijah here. And how did, when he was up against the prophets of Baal, they were the ones who were, who were cutting themselves, panting, moaning, screaming, jumping around, and, try, and begging God, their God, Baal, to do something. And yet, it, when it was Elijah's turn, it says this in 1 Kings chapter 18 At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. <laughs> He just stepped forward and prayed. He didn't dance forward. Lord, the God of Abraham and Isaac, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Pretty simple prayer. Pretty simple prayer. But look what happened. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood and the stones and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. Oh, yeah. Fervent prayers are righteous prayers. That's it. I, I I pressed you at the start of this, at the start of this, this message. Are you clean? Are you clean? And you were like, Yes, until I pressed you, and then only a couple of you were like, Yes, amen right? This is the thing. If we would just believe that we are the righteousness of God, our prayers would take a whole new level. If we would believe, truly believe that we are clean, our prayers would be powerful and effective. Because here's where it gets really good. Second Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. God made Jesus sin. And I I, I love this verse. I drill it home to you all the time. That we might become the righteousness of God. What kind of prayers are powerful and effective? Which one? The fervent prayer. Prayers, Which are fervent prayers? The ones that are done by righteous people. Who's righteous? You are only righteous when you call on the name of Jesus. So if you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus, no, you don't just get ushered into righteousness. you got to come to Jesus first. Jesus, I need you. I need you, Jesus. Forgive my sins. Boom! Righteousness of God. Now you can pray in a powerful way, an unhindered way, in an effective way, just like Elijah. If you would believe that about yourself, you would never pray from poverty again. You would enter right into the presence because you belong there. Nothing stops you. Nothing can hinder you. Well, pastor, how do I really become righteous? Well, let me say this. It is a bloody process. Becoming righteous is a bloody process. Today, my prayer is that you would walk out of here with such assurance of your righteousness before God that you would that you would walk fully fully convinced and fully assured that you are in right standing. I want to jump and I want to look. I want to look at blood for a minute. I know that's a weird thing, but uh, but you know we talk about blood a lot in church because that's how God set up the whole system. In the Old Testament, year after year on Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the high priest, the only one who could enter the Holy of Holies, had to come in and sprinkle blood all over the mercy seat where God's presence rested. That's the only... and, and, And even in that, it didn't fully atone for the sins of the people. All it did was appease their guilt for a short time. Blood is such an interesting thing. And I want to I give us a little revelation. I promise you I'm not going to explain this fully because there's so much that I don't even understand. But I think it would benefit us to look at what blood is initially here. And I believe that it, it will uh, it'll bless us. Okay? Why did God use blood? Why did he choose blood? What is this whole bloody mess about? Let's look at what blood is. Mostly, for the most part, blood contains four major elements. First thing is the blood plasma. This is this is the liquid that all the blood travels around in. All right, there, there's some uh, great proteins and and things in there, but for the most part, the, the blood plasma is just the lubrication for the blood itself. Okay. The platelets. This is, this is the, uh, an important part of the blood. Now, this is how God made you as well. And so pay very close attention to this. And I will go somewhere with this. Just enjoy the science for now, all right? These platelets, these are fun little cells. Their purpose in life is if you have any wound, is to clump together and save your life. That's why we have super cool scars, right? Oh, look at that one. Those platelets did a great number on me. Right, because what happens when I get a cut? When it, if I didn't have platelets, I'd bleed out. I've got a, about a gallon and a half, gallon to a gallon and a half of blood in my system, and if it's gone, it's gone. I'm dead. All right. The platelets attack, go to there, they clump up, they stop the blood from escaping your body. It's almost as if God was was to, his desire was to keep us healed and whole. Red blood cells. These these amazing little cells. They deliver and carry the nutrients and oxygen to the parts of your body, right? These are the things that you, whatever, when you eat something, when you breathe, it takes those things and it travels around the body and it's, oh, what can I get you today, sir? Oh, I am the muscle. I would like some protein. I'm so sorry, sir. All, all he's eating today is donuts. Oh, that is terrible, can I, some, can I get some protein? Not unless he eats that. I can only deliver what I'm served. Oh, uh, that's what the red blood cells do. They carry around the nutrients for you and deliver it. White blood cells. Praise Jesus for white blood cells. Amen. You know what the white blood cells do? This is your immune system. Their purpose in life is to protect and attack foreign invaders and disease in your, in your blood, in your system. This is, what, this, is why, this is how the immunizations work, right? You get the flu shot, whatever it is. It introduces a dead, a dead foreign object into your system. It te- the white blood cells have a meeting about it. Oh, this is an interesting. There's the weakness, all of this thing. So that if you're ever exposed to this disease in the future, the white blood cells have already been trained, and they know how to kill that thing and get it out of your body. This is the, this is the blood. The blood is, is amazing. blood also contains the very genetic makeup of who we are as human beings and who you are as an individual that can all be found in your blood. In fact, in Japan, you're going to love this one. From one drop of, of rat blood, they cloned a perfectly good rat because everything they needed was found in the one drop of blood. Gordy was laughing, he's like, for years we've been trying to get rid of rats and now we're making new ones, all right? (laughs) Interesting fact, and I don't have a lot to say about this, but the DNA is not found in your red blood cells. Their job is to just feed you. The white blood cells contain the DNA, your your genetic makeup there. There might be some revelation there, you pray about it. Blood is a profound, important thing. We call it the lifeblood. It keeps me alive. When we talk, oh, I want a heart after God, the heart's job is to pump the lifeblood that connects you with God throughout the entire body. Oh, it's your breath in my lungs. That's right, because every breath I take feeds nutrients of oxygen into my blood to pump around in every cell of who I am. Blood is important blood connects feeds heals the whole body and and follow me here it connects us this is important your blood connects you to the very author of all things your blood in your body connects you to the creator god almighty How so? Like I said, the entire DNA, it can be cloned from one drop of your blood, because God has written a very tiny book called Your DNA, And, and it can fit into your cells, right? But the instructions to make you, if we were to type it all out, if you'll throw this picture up, and map your whole genome, it would cover, I want to get this correct, two excuse me, 175 books or 262,000 densely printed pages, all with the signature, God. He authored who you are. He wrote every person. And, and, and in order to map you out in, in our terms, that's how, much pay, how many pages it would take to describe who God made you. And yet... It pumps through your body every day, over and over, as if God, with every heartbeat, is saying, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I love you. I created you. Blood is incredible. We are connected to God. Okay. So let's rewind to the very beginning of time. God creates man in his image, Adam and Eve, flawless, beautifully and wonderfully made, right? Yeah. What was the first sin? Eating the fruit, right? Okay? We all understand sin is the disobedience. The action itself just kind of carries this. But I don't have a piece of the original fruit that I can dissect and we can look at the DNA of. But we do know this, that when Adam and Eve ate that fruit, those little red blood cells took the nutrients and pumped it to every cell of humanity, corrupting it, introducing something that had not been introduced in God's creation, something called death. Sin always brings death. So when Adam and Eve disobeyed and original sin happened, death was pumped through your body, through through their body. And by virtue of that, we've all been born into sin with a corrupted death cell body. It disconnected us from the glory of God. So this isn't like Sunday school last week where we were just light and fluffy with the fruit of the Spirit. But what's the first thing that God does? We're, we're talking about blood here. The first thing that God does when he finds out they've sinned. Now, Adam and Eve, because of sin, sin always brings with it this shame and embarrassment and a desire to hide. It's the first thing they did, and they made themselves, hey, there's a, there's, a, oh, there's a tree, I'm gonna make some clothes because I'm naked, Right? And they just realize they're naked, all right? First thing God does, he kills an animal. And he covers them with the skin of an animal. That's a bloody process. (laughs) He sheds blood. The first blood that was shed was at God's hands of that animal. To hide the shame, to cover over that shame. You can find that in Genesis 3.21 if you're curious. I could go on and on here, original sin. Cain kills Abel, and that blood spreads out and corrupts the ground, and it cries out to God. So now we have to enter into a new system because God does not want to be separated from us. And so he creates this system called the law where we continually, year after year, on the Day of Atonement, we kill an animal, and what do we do? We take blood. This is gross. Why do we do this? Nobody, like, this is, we don't like blood. But every year, you take blood and you go into the Holy of Holies and you sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat where God's presence rests. Why, he t- you take animal blood. Why animal blood, I don't fully know. Maybe because animals can't sin, I don't know. But I do know that that sacrifice never could fully atone for anything because it wasn't human. It was animal, but the blood had to be shed. And what it really did was it allowed them for a brief moment to feel un- not guilty anymore for what they've done. And so all of a sudden they could, they could for a moment, until they stubbed their toe. <laughs> And enter right back in, and, and the guilt takes them back over. You see the system, year after year, you bring your animals, they kill them, you sprinkle it all over, the. It's a bloody process to be righteous, and it's still never fully atoned for anything. So there's blood everywhere. In fact, watch this, in Hebrews, Hebrews describes this whole process very well. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 18 through 22 that is why blood was sprinkled as proof of Christ's death before even the first agreement could go into effect. Watch this. So for, Mo- for after Moses had given the people all of God's law, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water, and he sprinkled the blood over the book of God's law. All over your Bible. All right? Uh, all over the people. Hey, that would be a fun church service. How fast would you leave this church? <laughs> We're going to sprinkle everything today. I got a goat. I got a cow. We're going to start with my Bible. All right, folks. This is in the Bible. All right, I'm not making this up. Using branches of hyssop and scarlet and wool to sprinkle with. Then he said, "This is the blood that marks the beginning of the agreement between you and God. The agreement God commanded me to make with you." And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the on the sacred tent. We're going to do it all over the walls too. Whatever instruments were used for worship. Blood everywhere. You guys, I'm not making this up. This is a bloody process. All over the sacred tent, instruments were used for worship. In fact, we can say that under the old agreement, almost everything was sprinkled with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Because of, the, because of the fall, because of the separation, blood had to be sprinkled on anything to get it back into connection with righteousness to God. How gross, and how, how, how... It would just violate every part of our senses. Every part, we just have to sprinkle blood on everything. The day of atonement, all of that, okay. Along comes Jesus. Everybody say amen. amen. Along comes Jesus. And I'm gonna to rewind to Hebrews 9, verse uh, Verse 11 says this, he came as a high priest of this better system that we now have. He went into the greater, perfect tabernacle in heaven. You realize that the tabernacle that God had them build here on earth, that's destroyed now, was just a a reflection, just a model of what is really actually still in heaven. There is a temple, there is a tabernacle, there is a mercy seat in heaven. So follow this, he went into that greater, Jesus dies, Perfectly sinless, the only human to ever accomplish that feat. Fully God, but fully man. He, he lives a sinless life. He goes in, when he when he, he he dies, he goes into that greater, perfect tabernacle in heaven, not made by man nor part of this world, and once and for all took the blood into that inter, inner room, the real, true inner room, the Holy of Holies, and sprinkled it on the mercy seat. Not, not, the, not the blood of, of goats and calves. No, he took his own blood, and with it he by himself made sure of our, eternal salvation. With the DNA of human blood uncorrupted by sin, he went in and atoned for every sin. He sprinkled that blood on the mercy seat of heaven. That we might become the righteousness of God. There's no sacrifice left. There's no sacrifice left. There's no blood left required by you. No animals not your own. Jesus blood was the eternal perfect sacrifice. It to this day remains on the mercy seat of God so that when I come before God and I plead the blood of Jesus, what am I? I'm the righteousness of God. Amen. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. There's no fig leaf shame. There is righteousness. Amen. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help us see clearly here just the profound depth. You see, we waste so much time of our prayer, folks. We waste so much time of our prayer begging God to make us righteous. We waste so much time feeling guilty, and what we're really trying to do is work through guilt and make a deal with God so I don't have to feel bad about it anymore. The deal was made. I'm not asking you to pray in an emotional or feeling at all. I'm asking you if you start to feel guilt and shame, say, oh, I just plead the blood of Jesus. I'm in. If you will believe that about yourself, your prayers will literally change. You will understand he hears every word. He's right there. He's not doing this to you. I'd love to provide for you, but you dirty. That's how we think God is. I'd love to take care of your needs, but eh, you disgust me. I'm going to say this very boldly. If you plead the blood of Jesus, you have no sin in your life. That's That's hard for us to accept, isn't it? but it's the 100% truth. And if you will receive that, not by emotions, not by some mental ascending to that knowledge, it's simply faith. Okay, Jesus, I don't get it. Good, because you're not him. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, Do you think they really got why they were killing animals all the time? No, they're like, this is gross. There's blood everywhere. I'm not asking you to get it. I'm asking you to receive the righteousness of God. Enter into his presence daily. There's not one day of your life. You could have just murdered 1,000 people and plead the blood of Jesus, and you are in the righteousness of God. I know that's hard. Yeah, you're going to have earthly consequences. We will put you to death, all right? I'll be there with the angry mob. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, the most hardened, destroyed criminal in that jail cell, if he pleads the blood of Jesus, is every bit as righteousness as Jesus Christ. Amen. Ah, this is heresy. No, it's not. It's truth. If you plead the blood of Jesus, you enter into the presence of God. You are the right. I'm telling you, I'm I'm trying to nail this in because we gotta believe this. This is 101, this is the truth. This is dead-raising kind of truth. we got to stop working our way through salvation over and over again. Because we're trying, all we're trying to do is somehow change how I feel and change, change my emotional state. No, 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 no. Just plead the blood and move in faith. That's it. It reconnects you to the very God of all creation. And it puts you into a place. What kind of prayers are effective? Righteous prayers. And you are the righteousness of God. Okay, here's what I want to do. I got four minutes left, and we can do this. I need my ushers to come forward. I know it's not the first Sunday of the month, and it's heresy to take communion on the, on the fourth Sunday. But I plead the blood of Jesus, so we're Okay. <laughs> I want to take communion together. This is, something, this is, the, last, this is the last thing Jesus did. He, he broke the bread, he poured the cup, and he said, this is my blood poured out for you in the new covenant. As often as you get together, do it and remember this. And I want us to take this cup. It's just grape juice, all right? But by faith, we are pleading the blood of Jesus over every part of our lives Ushers, I'm going to have you come and and, and we're going to deliver this. I'm going to have a worship team come back up. Father, we bless your name. (laughs) We bless the name of Jesus together. We plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. Once you have your elements, if you would stand, and we're just going to, We're going to worship a little bit until everybody has been served, and we're going to take this together.
0: And what can wash away my sin? Nothing Nothing but the blood. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: a fun fact. We're going to take this together. The bread that represents the body of Christ broken for us. The, the, the wine that, take, that represents the blood of Jesus. The new covenant that transforms everything that makes you righteous. Now, as we take this, physically, those red blood cells will take the nutrients from the cup and from the bread and deliver it to the cells in your body (laughs) now if you take this in faith you have little servers in your body handing the blood of Jesus and the proteins and the nutrients of Jesus Christ do you believe it can, can heal your body do you believe it will transform your soul do you believe it will restore you to right yes that's the power of the blood of Jesus and so we do this in faith together And so, Father, we take the bread that represents your body, broken, broken, so mine doesn't have to be. Broken because the human condition was broken. And so you broke for us. And we remember your body, Jesus Christ, and we take this together. Let me hold this cup, Father the blood of Jesus, the new covenant. And we believe just like our red blood cells will deliver the nutrients from the grape juice to every, every part of our, our uh, cells, so your blood delivers righteousness to every part of our cells. And so we take this remembering the blood of Jesus, the new covenant. Oh, we love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We take this together. That was a prayer right there. So Jesus, we are your children. We love to be in your presence. We love to speak to you. We love to pray righteous prayers. (laughs) Righteous, effective prayers. And so we receive that in faith, in the name of Christ Jesus, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to receive prayer for any reason, we'll have some prayer team up here to pray with you. God bless you. Be sure to stop by our Gideon's booth in the back and bless them. We love you. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.